welcome to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. David is a speaker, author, businessman, former pastor, and founding director of Youth of a Mission, Montana. We believe that God is at work, constantly tugging at our hearts, working in and through relationship around us. Join us as we dive into a new devotional, as David shares a lifetime of personal moments and hopes to inspire you to see God the Father at work in your own moments. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of In Moments Like These. You probably remember that in our episode before last, I talked about some very special God moments I was blessed to experience on an early spring morning in 1985 during my first trip to the Philippines. As I said in that message, it was a trip I shared with my dear friends Dave Gustafsson, Dave G., and Bob Fitz, both major participants in Youth with a Mission's remarkable history. If you missed that episode, you might want to go back and listen to it. It's entitled Mercy in Manila, because it was after we joined up with a dozen or so young YWAMers at a small YWAM outpost on the outskirts of Manila that morning that God clearly demonstrated His wonderful compassion and mercy to a certain young member of the YWAM team, a very hurting young man. Yes, that morning was a special one. Just getting to meet and spend time with those remarkable younger brothers and sisters whose sole mission was to daily demonstrate God's compassion and mercy to the hurting sea of humanity living all around them. It was really touching. They were loving kingdom soldiers, young foreigners mainly, who were there in Manila giving their all for God by serving the masses of poor and needy people in the Tondo district, the largest and most distressed area in all the Philippines. And before that day was over, I would be getting a personal first-hand look at living conditions that I could never have imagined and the things that I witnessed would make a major imprint on my heart. Before telling that story, here's what I believe is on God's heart for us today. There are more hurting human beings living in distress everywhere around the world than ever before in human history. And our loving Father wants all of us, His children, to remember our mission, which is that we are to be loving kingdom soldiers of compassion and mercy too, in the same way that Jesus was. Here's what Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and his future mission. Isaiah 40, verse 11. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arms, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. Ah, yes, the coming Messiah, according to Isaiah, would lead like a compassionate shepherd. Let's just look at a few verses in the New Testament that show the fulfillment of his prophecy. Matthew 9:36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14:14. 14, 14, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and he healed their sick. Matthew 20:34. Moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. Mark 1, 41. 
Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. And Mark 5.19, to the man that he delivered from demons, Jesus said, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. Jesus' compassion prompted him to act, and he mercifully loved, healed, and rescued. His very presence in the world was the ultimate act of compassion. We didn't deserve his sacrifice, but because of God's great love, we were treated with mercy. And now, we are called. It's our mission to live our lives with compassion and mercy too. Here's a quote from a dear man whose life mission was to live that way. Quote, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. How often do we weep over the great cities of this country or those around the world? Do we even weep for our own communities when we see poverty, abuse, and suffering? As believers, we have a special responsibility to have compassion on the poor, the sick, the oppressed, the hungry, and the outcast. You don't have to get up and preach. You don't have to be an evangelist or a pastor or a priest. You can be an ordinary worker wherever you are and witness for Christ. You witness by the way you live, by your attitude, your love, care, and your compassion toward people, no matter their race, religion, or ethnic background. If we put hands and feet to the gospel message and live it out daily, those around us will see it for what it is, the truth that transforms. Thank you for that truth, Reverend Billy Graham. And that brings me back to our story. After our special time at the YWAM outpost in the Tondo district on our first morning in Manila, Cal Steiner, the national director of YWAM Philippines, drove us, Dave, Bob, and me, to the Tondo Medical Center, where the three of us would pray for a YWAM staff member who was fighting hard to recover from a very serious illness. We were only given a little time with her, but we felt God's presence there with us. And though we would never be able to get a report back, we had a real peace that God would heal her. From the medical center, Cal led the three of us on a short walk across the street, over the railroad tracks, and through the entrance of Smoky Mountain. As I also said in our episode before last, Smoky Mountain was a gigantic mounded dump site consisting of over two million tons of garbage some of it always burning, on the shoreline and extending out into Manila Bay. And Smoky Mountain was the home for thousands of men, women, and children, and every day thousands more came to scavenge through the trash, looking for anything that could help them survive. I just have to tell you here, in my entire lifetime, I have never experienced air quality or the lack thereof like I did on that day back in 1985. The orange and nearly unbreathable and dense city smog, combined with burning garbage and human waste, made inhaling, let's just say, less than pleasant. For about 15 minutes, Cal led us through the main crowd and then up a small pathway that meandered through the garbage and in between the thrown-together trash-built shacks, the barong barongs as they were called, that served as housing for the residents of the dump site. Finally, Cal made a quick turn off the main path and onto a smaller one. And in a minute or two, 
After stepping over a few small narrow trenches, each flowing with sewage, we finally stopped near the open doorway of one of the shacks. At that point, Cal leaned in more closely toward the doorway and softly spoke a few words, words I couldn't understand, to someone who was inside. After hearing some sort of a response, he then lowered his head to go inside, and the three of us entered the shack after him. The interior of the tin-roofed shack was maybe 12 by 14 feet in size. The trash-compacted floor was covered with an assortment of old rugs and bamboo mats, I believe. And standing near the back wall, standing in front of some kind of makeshift bed, was a young barefooted woman dressed in dirty, ragged clothing. And in her arms, she held her maybe eight-month-old baby girl. The young woman seemed to be okay with us being there, but I had no idea why Cal brought us there. Cal quickly broke the silence and said these words, Guys, I brought you out here today to pray for this woman's baby. Her baby girl is in real trouble. Two days ago, she was hit in the head with a stray bullet. Yes, a bullet. And the emergency room doctor at the medical center said that it can't be removed. It's inoperable. Cal had no sooner finished his words than the baby's mother suddenly quickly moved forward toward me almost as if she was desperate, and lifted her baby up to me, clearly wanting me to hold her in my arms and to pray for her. Oh, dear Father in heaven, I thought, as I now held the little child tightly against my chest, and I could now see about a quarter-inch round bullet wound on the left side of the little baby's head. As a father of four babies of my own, the compassion I felt at that moment was nearly indescribable. So I prayed, With all my heart, I prayed out loud as the Holy Spirit led me. When I finished praying, Dave G. quickly reached his hands out to hold and to pray for the baby. And when he finished praying, something very interesting happened. As Dave put it again over the phone just a few days ago, the baby's cloudy little brown eyes seemed to completely clear up. Could it be? Could our loving God just have moved with compassion In the middle of a smoking garbage heap? Yes, he could have. And we all fully believed that he did. He hadn't forgotten a woman and a child in a dirty, broken-down shack in the Tondo district of Manila. Dear Father, thank you for leading us to Smoky Mountain. I feel I'm to leave you with this one last passage of Scripture from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses 11 through 16. Quote, Under the old system, under the law of Moses, the high priest brought the blood of the animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin, and the bodies of the animals were burned outside the camp. So also, Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by means of his own blood. So let us go out to him outside the camp and bear the disgrace that he bore. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Dear friend, I know how 
easy it is to get wrapped up in one's own world, in one's own comfortable city, in one's own camp, and to become absorbed with one's own needs only. But that's not our calling. Our loving Father is calling on us to remember and to show compassion for His hurting children, those who are desperate for someone to help them. And always remember, this is not our permanent home. Let's go to Jesus outside the camp, outside our camp. Let's go and show compassion. Dear Father in heaven, you are incredible. As your son King David once wrote, you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion. My friend, your dear one and I, we want that too. We want to be more and more like you, to have a heart like yours. Fill us with your spirit, Father, and use us as your loving kingdom soldiers of compassion. Let it be. Thank you for listening to another episode of In Moments Like These with David Graham. And we hope that this podcast and this episode can be another tool and resource to help you in this walk of faith. If this podcast has made a difference in your life, we would love to hear from you. Visit us online at inmomentslikethese.com. That's inmomentslikethese.com.